Welcome everybody to episode four of DN Donuts. Whoop. Once again, we will start with the uh, preview version portion of the show. Um, it is once again me, the Wandering Alchemist, also known as Crowley, and not always Dungeon Master. Yeah, <laughs> you can now say that. <laughs> I can, although they won't know it for a few weeks yet. So <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, Spoilers. <laughs> depending on how much recording we get done. Maybe sooner than later. And I am Red, uh, a.k.a. Erin, and I am the Untamed Scribe, and I will also be here this evening to talk about uh, everything that we're going to talk about, which is a decent amount, actually. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So before we start on the main topic, the first thing we can talk about are the stuff we got going on, like wristbands. Which we purchased last week. Yeah. A week ago tomorrow. I believe, yes. Um, they should be here by the 8th. I... Here for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... I'm super excited about those. <laughs> so am I. If you're listening to this right now, and you're already a patron of $3 or more, you'll be getting one as soon as we get them. Yes! If you're not a patron... Become one. <laughs> or became one today, or later than today, today being the 1st of July, then you will get one in August. If you're not one yet, then become one. Yes. And you will get one next month. Which is um, much appreciated anyway, and to show our appreciation, you get this awesome wristband. Yes. Which we designed ourselves, and I think it's pretty And well if on. you're a patron, <laughs> you can listen to the second part of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Worth it? Yes. <laughs> you'll also be getting uh, stories from old campaigns. Yes. That will be starting up, uh, I think we're going to, I think we decided to do the first mm, Monday. Yep. So Monday, if you're a patron, mm-hmm. um, a $5 or more, preview level, you'll get it two weeks earlier than everyone else. Everyone else, patron or not, you will get it... Uh, two weeks from Monday, so that will be the 4th plus 14, the 18th, mm-hmm. if my math is right. I believe it is. Um, <laughs> and that'll come out every two weeks, and mm-hmm. that will tell the tale of our two-year journey through Pathfinder um, and Insanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the slow decline into madness. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we're, not, we're not quite there yet, there but we're getting There are still close. more levels to fall, don't you worry. Also, something exciting that has happened recently is we did just start to do um, more of our one-shots, and the most recent one, which I DM'd, was Monster of the Week, and I know how excited Crowley was to actually play. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's going really well. That's an exciting game we're going to pick up again soon, but... Um, yeah, that's on the uh, on things to come, so listen for that, because it's going to be good. And if you're listening to this episode the day it came out, or the weekend it came out, you can also listen to the, I believe, fifth episode of Star Wars. Yes, yeah. Um, there are a number of episodes left, so you'll have to get through those before you can listen to Monster of the Week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're only going to be keeping two 
adventures going at a time. Brave New World. <laughs> well, I mean, for us, there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. But for the listeners, there's going to be Brave New Worlds mm-hmm. and whatever the current one-shot adventure mm-hmm. is. So we'll finish the Star Wars adventure before introducing you to Monster of the Week. Yeah. Um, but things to come, so definitely look forward to it, because it's been awesome so far. And keep an eye out on the website on Fridays, because I will be continuously updating on whether or not the schedule of release will increase mm-hmm. for episodes, which is a distinct possibility at this point. Yeah, and we're also going to try to do a review of Monster of the Week and the one-shots that we do, as far as I understand it, right? Uh, we will absolutely we be doing a review. Once yeah, we finish the, probably tomorrow's session. Yeah. Uh, we'll do, I will do a review of the game, and I'll have Untamed Scribe write up a review of the game. Yeah. Um, we'll add her as an author to the blog, and she can post her, uh, review of it as well. So, sometime probably third week in July, Yeah. my Thursday article will be the review, and somewhere around there hers will show up as well. Yeah. As an extra bonus. (laughs) Bonuses! (laughs) Um, And we will do that for all the other indie games that we want to keep playing. Um, And speaking of other indie games, we still have Wheel to try out. Yes, I can't Um, wait to play that one. We also have Cat, which Aaron, the other Aaron, my sister, Delilah from Brave New Worlds, has volunteered to run, which should be very interesting. Yeah, Um, I think so. One, because Cat, and (laughs) two, because Nightmare Horrors. And three, because she's never run a game. I thought she had, no? No. That's exciting, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pumped now. That, I mean, not that I wasn't pumped before, yeah. but... <laughs> so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's exciting. Good, um, Good for her. I'm glad she's taking that on, too. We also have some other stuff, though. We... I mean, I have a whole back catalog of games I want to try, but yes. I'm starting to get Kickstarter books in. Yes. And because I just got God's, I believe it's, if I'm saying it right, Gods of the Fall mm-hmm. is the title of the world from uh, Monte Cook Games for the Cypher system. Mm-hmm. I just got the hardcover of that today, which is yeah. really cool. So I bought the Cypher Core rulebook, and that is an awesome system that I'm really excited to try out. So that's going to be coming too. And that's... The upper echelon of indie game. Um, <laughs> you know, an author with a much uh, much more rich history involving yeah. D&D specifically um, than some of the other indie games. There's so many things to look for. I, mean, I can't the, wait the to play all The core book is like 400 pages long. Yeah. I mean, not that, not that Wield or the other games are low tier, but Wield is only like 200 pages. So much quicker play, much shorter... It's not made for extended campaigns. Yeah, and the bi- Cypher yeah. is the the biggest one shot other than Cypher has been uh, Monster of the Week. Like that was the thickest yes. book we had. Yeah, um, as far as rules and everything and how to play. So. But the line not between mainstream and indie game is slowly dwindling, and that is a very good thing. Um, so there's that one, um, which we will probably play Gods of the Fall. I will also be getting. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the title of the one with the dinosaurs and technology. Oh, um, yes. But I'm really excited for that one. That I was, know. That was a great... All the little blurbs I wrote about that setting, I love. So that that's was on the list. so yep. much fun. Oh, but that's God. not out yet. 
Uh, um, and the there may be some uh, homebrew world uh, development playtests in Cypher and or D&D that we'll get to yeah. in the coming months after my friend and I work out the mechanical details of those. Yes, that's exciting. I'm excited for it. I'm really well, excited yeah, for that, that's, too. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so there's a lot to work on for that. Uh, and then, of course, all the other games that I have in my back catalog, like uh, Torchbearer, uh, Mouse Guard, I... uh, TMNT and Other Strangeness, Yeah. and I... then one-page games like All Out of Bubblegum, Snakes on a Plane... <laughs> Crab truckers. I mean, this is awesome. I found a whole list of of one night, one page RPGs that we have to play. The best part about all of this too, while drinking, probably. I don't doubt that. The best part of all of this too is that we have newer people that are going to be coming into our rotation of people to play, and they're just excited because they've never played anything like this before, and it's going to be really good. (laughs) You'll get to hear them on Monster of the Week. (laughs) Yes. So things things are definitely changing changing it up and, and being uh, we've awesome. actually we've played more <laughs> RPGs this year because yeah. we have the blog and the podcast because we, we like to record ourselves. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> if it makes you guys easier to get a hold of and lock down dates and times for, I'm okay by it. Yeah, right. Uh, that alone is worth making all these recordings. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Even if you people don't listen to them. Thanks for if those If we more play more. <laughs> we appreciate you. Absolutely. <laughs> Alright, so uh, main thing we're going to talk about tonight, though, is god creation. Yes. Pantheons. Uh, yes. Gods. The divine entities of your world. Yeah, which, if you're like myself, most things that I've run in the past, I've used... Say, for instance, it's D&D-based. I've, I've just used the gods that are already in the books and not worried about creating my own. And, yeah. and now that I'm creating my own homebrew world, which we've talked about in the other D&D Donuts episodes, I think it'd be really interesting if I could throw in my own little flavoring and create my own gods. So, And for those of you who haven't checked it out, Notes of the Wandering Alchemist blogspot talks a lot about god creation, and I think it's good that we just go through it from the beginning just to get a sense of how to do it and it's something I've never done so I'm excited to go through it for sure. Yeah so I wrote an article there a few months ago but um, before we get into that let's talk about pantheons in D&D. So traditionally Mm -hmm. um, there's no real pantheon for D&D. In third edition they took and I can't speak to more previous editions Mm -hmm. um, as well. But third edition, they pulled from a variety of their previous sources. So they pulled from Greyhawk. They pulled from the Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. um, They added some other ones. um, And they kind of made the player's handbook Pantheon. That was your standard non-setting D&D Pantheon. Um, In fourth edition, they changed it up and they met made a set pantheon for 4th edition. A new pantheon with a history um, that involved the primordials. Um, You listen to Critical Role, watch Critical Role. If anyone else does, Matt Mercer uses that pantheon. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in his world, although I want to say he borrows from Pathfinder because that's where they started, too. Yes, so, I, think he, I think he does. Um, I think he borrows some ideas from that. I really want to say Seren Ray's from Pathfinder, not 4th edition D&D. The, I think that's the only name God that sticks out to me, but I'm on the side I probably should have looked that. it up. Yeah, we, we should look um, it up later. We'll look it up during the break. Or if you want to correct us, please feel free yeah. and um, tweet us or email us. <laughs> not that the Pathfinder book's over there or anything. Um, <laughs> Details, people. <laughs> but 4th edition really made a new one and set it in place and gave them a history and a purpose and all that jazz. Um, however, the... There's not even really a world name for the 4th edition world, because they never gave it one. They never really expanded it past the land surrounding Narath, I believe is the title of the little area that yeah. you start in. Um, oh, gosh. I yeah. mean, there's so much to it, but they don't they don't create a continent. They don't create a world. Um, it kind of just became macro-scale stuff. That you could talk about. So you could put it into whatever world those Finger snapshots <laughs> those snapshots fit into. But they still had the Forgotten Realms, had its own pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um Dark Sun has no pantheon. There is no divine magic in Dark Sun. Yeah. Um Which is so one of the things I'm looking for for my opinion, you know. As influence. Yep. Um but um there have also been through the various editions, uh Deities and Demigods books, or Faiths and Pantheons, if you're from 3rd edition. Yeah, I've seen so many of those books. Um, <laughs> I have the 1st edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Deities and Demigods book, which is fantastic because it includes basically everything. If you want a Chinese Pantheon, you want a North Pantheon, you want an Aztec Pantheon, That's it awesome. lists the gods from all of them. If you want a Cthulhu Pantheon, it's okay. got those. If you want Conan Pantheon, it's got those. It, it's got everything. I mean, it was before... Wow, yeah, that's... that's. It was before rights were a problem. I mean, hobbits were included yeah. in the books as instead of halflings. And nowadays we use halflings because hobbits are... Trademark. Protected. Um, <laughs> better by uh, the Tolkien estate. And stuff like that. Um, but... Back then, there were just lists from various fantasy yeah. worlds. Yeah. That was awesome. When the third edition had their Faiths and Pantheons books, they mostly included real-world stuff. Um, the Egyptian Pantheon, the Roman-slash-Greek Pantheon. Um, I think they created, like, a sun-worshipping-based Pantheon, too. Okay. Um, that wasn't real-world, but loosely based off real... I don't know. It's in there. Um... <laughs> Fourth edition never did anything like that, as far as I can remember. Uh, their divine books more focused on the fourth edition pantheon yeah. and expanding upon that. I came in at three point five, and I, I for fourth I don't remember anything like that. No. Um, fifth edition has basically, I mean, it's not accurate, but throwing it all out the window. Yeah. And if you ignore the last. 40 pages, however big the appendices section of 5th edition is, there are no gods. There are basically domains. 
Well, I mean, I guess if you're a cleric, they are domains. Law. Uh, what are they? Law, uh, nature, life, uh, that, yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. Um, and there aren't as many as there used to be, but what that allows you to do is describe any matching deity you worship to that domain. Okay. Rather I than gotcha. picking a deity yeah. and then having a list of domains you can choose from. Yeah. Um, so realistically, you can be a cleric of nature for virtually any god if you're a clever enough RPer and it fits the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the back of the book, they include deity lists for the Forgotten Realms, um, the fourth edition Pantheon for... Greyhawk for Dragonlance for Eberron. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they include a list of monstrous ones that have floated in and out of all the settings, like uh, Magubliet for goblins or um, Coach Chief for giants. Yeah, um, yeah. Pe- uh, uh, entities like that. So, and then it suggests the domains that would be associated with them, like stuff like favorite weapons, uh, you know, and Little little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, not nearly as much as they used to, but enough for you to base it off of. Right. Um, yeah, I remember the full descriptions right. forever ago, but not, not like that anymore. So, now in 5th edition, when you play, you kind of would benefit from having older... Resources, although we have the internet now, so that's pretty easy. You can find the list of gods for the Pathfinder setting, mm-hmm. for Forgotten Realms, for Dragonlance, for Egypt. You can find that stuff um, with rel- and you can very easily take a list of Pathfinder gods and their domains and judge which fifth edition domains you would use. Um, and the, that's the easiest thing to do. Literally, the easiest thing to do is use domains that are uh, gods that are already there. If you're not playing in the Forgotten Realms, you might want to make your own daily list. Mm-hmm. And making your own pantheon is probably the most ambitious thing you can do in a campaign. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I get that it's ambitious, but what we were talking about earlier is like why it is so important to have. Your own a pantheon. pantheon. Right. <laughs> like, that's why or any campaign. Well, really. That's why it's ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I think it ties in. If you well. are going to have clerics in your world, oh yeah, you need gods. If you have gods, you need a pantheon, and pantheons are um, foundational to creation, usually <laughs> to the world in some form or another. So, if you're going to have gods, yeah, I mean, you don't need to know everything about every no. god and the relationships, but those questions will come up. And if you use the Forgotten Realms pantheon, and someone asks a question, the internet's there for you. Yeah. <laughs> but not only that, but important-wise for the campaign, like, so many things have been a pivotal moment in just like if you look at just history so that worked well for your world because 
how many wars have been fought over religious. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So it, it's just, it's an important factor in it, and it can definitely help paint your picture a yeah. lot better. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can't just say, oh, I'm going to make these two gods, and, you know, that's all I have to worry about for my pantheon. <laughs> it, it, you might create problems for yourself. You yeah, probably indeed, will. Yeah. Um, so the easiest thing, I mean, a lot of people play in already made settings, so they already have made pantheons. Some people play campaigns that aren't full homebrew mm-hmm. settings, mm-hmm. but are developed as homebrew settings as they play, you know, yeah. their own town, wherever. I mean, they could drop it into the Forgotten Realms easily enough, Yeah, very easily. but they might not. And you might want to create your own pantheon for that reason. So, I mean, the easiest question, do you need your own pantheon, yes or no? And if not, use one that's already created. And if you don't want to use Forgotten Realms, use a real-world pantheon, mm-hmm. like the Egyptian one. Which we had talked about doing for yours. Yes. Um, but if you really want to make your own pantheon, which is really cool to do, mm-hmm. you can. Which, for my campaign, I had already decided on uh, Mayat for the main god of the city that I'm putting you all into to start. Uh, and then as I thought about it more, I thought it would be really interesting to just create my own because... It's my world, why the hell not? <laughs> and that's, that's what I did for Atlazon. Yeah. I wanted my own Pantheon. When I did that, um, I did it differently than we're going to do it with you. Okay. Um, but for the people listening now, what I did is I basically... And you sh- this is something that kind of needs to get done no matter how you make it, but you need an idea or a list of the basic domains. I mean, because what domains really are are surfaces... Uh, surfaces... <laughs> areas of influence um, that the gods have. Because I mean, Hades is the god of death. Yeah. Uh, Zeus is the god of thunder. Which, at some point, would love to do, like, that sort of setting. But the, regardless, another game, but, another I mean, time. <laughs> that's how you need to make a yeah. pantheon. I mean, unless you're going to do a monotheistic fantasy right, world, yeah. which is boring, let's yeah. be honest. Um, you need... Oh, spheres of influence for your gods. So, what are the important spheres of influence in any world? The major ones. I mean, and that's really easy. Go to the 5th edition handbook, look at the domains for the cleric, and those are the most areas of concern, because those are most likely to come up in any point of the game. (laughs) Life, um, and therefore death, Death. (laughs) which really isn't accessible to players, but equally important. Nature, storms, um, you know, and then, like, the offshoots of those. Uh, weather, uh, luck, war is a main uh, domain, um, other things. Um, the races in your world, who is their champion god? Um, do they have a special god for them, or do they have a god where they just worship the god of nature, for example? Right. Like, do the elves have a special god, or is the nature god their special god? Right. Or both. Um, so you to need decide. to consider yeah. that. You also have to remember, in real world, not all gods had one domain. Most of them had multiple. And there were domains that were shared by different gods. Yeah, like, overlapped a little. Yeah. So Zeus was the god of thunder, and he threw lightning. But 
If you were at sea, you pray to Poseidon for calm weather. Exactly. <laughs> but Zeus could still fuck your day over. <laughs> Actually, lightning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it doesn't have to be restrictive. Yeah. But you need a plan to work off of. You need to cover your important bases. Um, especially if, if you're going to have necromancers who worship somebody, you need who they're going to worship. If you're going to have, um, you know, you need evil gods for the evil creatures. You know, there's Grumsh for the orcs in the Forgotten Realms. Um, Magoubliette for the goblins. Like, they all have their gods, too. So you got to keep that in mind. And they don't have to be their own gods. They could be part of the regular pantheon. And goblins could worship Hades, if that's what you want, in your world. Um, but that's where we definitely need to start. If okay. you're making your own pantheon. Um, and then if you're making it, can you base it off an already made pantheon? You probably should. You should probably pick one. Um, there's so many. To choose from. Yeah, there are. I mean... It's ridiculous. And if you really look at the names of old D&D gods, like Sylvanas is taken from... It's Sylvan. It's the, yeah. the base of Sylvan. It's a nature god. It's <laughs> yeah. a fairy creature in old mythology. Um, stuff like that is pulled. Um, I mean, even Dagon in the Cthulhu mythos is actually a Mesoamerican fish demon god. N- and now it's an <laughs> ancient old one fish demon. I mean, <laughs> it was a small jump, but <laughs> a jump nonetheless. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the Mesoamericans worshipped it as a horror from beyond the stars that worships Cthulhu. I would and say converts people not. to fish people. <laughs> if I had to guess, but maybe they did. We don't know. Um, so you can de- determine it based on your setting, and that's what we're gonna do tonight. Is we already know from our previous episode that uh, Untamed Scribe's setting is very desert-based. It's very Egyptian-themed. Yes. It'll have some other um, Middle East, uh, West African influence and elements, but majority is going to be Egyptian-based, at least pantheonically. Yes. Um, So we'll have to go through that. Um, if you guys make your own pantheons, just don't skimp on the details. Yeah. Um, don't go crazy. Uh, there are literally books upon books of the old stories of myths and the interrelationships (laughs) of gods, and you can make that stuff up on the fly and contradict yourself, because guess what? Those stories did too. Yeah. So don't worry about it too much. But it is an ambitious project. There is a lot of work you need to do into it. And if you don't want to, there's no reason you can't steal somebody else's pantheon. Right. Unless, of course, you're trying to publish it. Then you might come into copyright issues. Yeah. Other than that. (laughs) Again. Other than that. Minor detail. Or if you want to pay licensing fees. It's no big deal. Steal a different pantheon. It's not going to hurt your game. It's still going to be your world. Yep. But I... I like that idea though too of trying to find a balance. Like, don't don't do don't skimp like you said, but don't go overboard either because there's so many resources out there that you could really get bogged down. Oh going. yeah, it, it mean, becomes an av- an avalanche. <laughs> like, I mean, if you look at my Atlazon daily list, I I, I went, think I have actually I went I have I don't know thirty pages 
Yeah. Of gods. Yeah. I remember. Print it out. If you print it out, it's 30 pages. Like, two gods per page. Mm-hmm. One paragraph each. And, like, domain, like, portfolio, mm-hmm. holy symbol, and alignment. Yep. Um, but... The f- one Those of the f- details are important, though. I mean, they were... I mean, I'm... This is... For me, it's a much bigger picture. I want... Yeah. Like, I have it on the website, but I also want to publish... It as a setting exactly, yeah. on um, DriveThruRPG. Mm-hmm. But, like, so my setting has old gods. It's got new gods. Um, it's got forgotten gods that could come into play whenever. That's the other thing about pantheons. There are gods that you don't ever have to name until they become important. Right. Like, old religions had little gods or demigods for everything. Like, there's a god of doorways, I'm sure. <laughs> For whatever religion. <laughs> Critical Role should check that one out. <laughs> um, but I mean, the the line between God and fairy person and spirit and spirit folk were much less defined in those myths than they are in D&D. But there was things you appease for literally everything. I mean, um, so you don't have to include everything. And you can keep stuff hidden from your players. Um, but I went ahead and I was like, okay, so I'm going to have liege worms. Are, some of them are now going to be gods. Which ones were important? Okay, this is the story that happened in the history of my head. This one's important. This one's important. Okay, I need a god for necromancers. I'm going to make him a liege worm. There might be other necromancing worshipping gods, but I want this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically, I made a list. I went through different pantheons, if you look at the old god list, all of those are taken from various cultures and stuff. um, With a heavy uh, Northern European Celtic influence. Um, I believe you mentioned that to me. But all the old gods, I mean, like Morrigan, Nemain, uh, Lug, um, all those old gods I took from real world religions as a basis, um, at least in terms of their portfolio and base personality. Um, but like liege worms, I made up completely on my own. So I had to fit those in. And one thing led to another. And suddenly I had a whole basis of old gods, all kinds of new gods, hero gods. Um, I had one hero God that was also an old, like, Taking on a life of its own. <laughs> it, yeah, it went crazy, and instead of having, you know, four pages of brief list of, you know, 20 to 30 gods, because I wanted a nice broad spectrum yep. through history, I ended up with 30 pages of detailed gods. These so, things happen. Uh, it, we're, that's all we're And saying. there's only a paragraph <laughs> each for each of the gods. And I'm already thinking about more that I can include... Jeez. In other stuff. Okay, don't have to stage yourself here. You know what I, I'm trying not to, but like that, I'm putting aside for a future project. But a short project turned into a long project, and that's just because I was working on a Pantheon. Yeah. And it worked out because my players on my Wednesday night games they went to an ancient crypt in an ancient city. And I got to like show them holy symbols and stuff, and they got to make history checks, and it was cool. And now I can drop names and stuff and make connections, 
But that took a lot of work. <laughs> and the setting is going to be fairly influenced by For this old religion <laughs> and new religion. Which is just, as a DM in general, just like, all this work that you put in for that one little moment of like, yeah, you totally decided to check this out. Good but thing I've done I the work. I can bring it yeah, back in so later. Good, it'll, so it is, it'll be worth it, but it's a I, lot of work. Absolutely it will, but it's just, yeah, um, it's a lot of work. So be careful, people out there, when you're making your own pantheon. <laughs> but Keep a watch. But Don't stay up too late. And, and, and again, though, this is the first time that I'm ever creating my own pantheon, but... Okay, so get a watch. Don't stay up too late. <laughs> <laughs> but just from what you're describing, to me, that that's so interesting, and I'm so excited to start to create my own because it's so it, much fun it's my world and i you know what you i do I, what i want to do that's why i did it <laughs> yeah because that race, is so appealing. the races are my own the world's my own i didn't want to take gods yeah. i wanted to make my own gods so i went all the way yeah of course that's also the first setting i wrote a history to that's seven pages long that i wrote a page racial description mm-hmm. for each of the races so I went the whole way with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, people. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what you're in for if you're making a pantheon. <laughs> Choose now or turn back. So should we just not talk about God Green? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, that this we, is all no, leading up no, into no, it. No! <laughs> so that's one way you can do it. You can you, you need a list of your domains, but you can also go on with what you need for your setting and your history. Like, I needed liege worms. I needed... Hero gods, um, and I needed old gods. What yeah. gods were worshipped before these new gods came up? Yeah. And then, yeah, so I I just went through lists of gods and was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, what am I missing? Death. Okay. Oh, here's a death god. Do I want that to be a god worship now, or do I want it to be a liege worm god? Um, and I actually have a liege worm that is missing and or dead and or undead that is worshipped <laughs> by necromancers and was a black worm. And, you know... That's not horrifying at all. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, its status as an entity is question mark, but the clerics gain power from it, so it's good. Um, but that's also the Pantheon thing. They don't have to be physical entities per se, and if they were, they don't still have to be, and their status as living, dead, or beyond can be completely ambiguous. Yeah, the wheels are already turning as far as things that you've mentioned and as far as I know what's already happening in mm-hmm. my world, so things I need. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's ever-changing. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, keep a notebook. Or, or several. <laughs> With extras. Uh, make sure you get the tags, I, too, because those are helpful. <laughs> I have, like, six notebooks that are just sitting here empty in case I need them. I am slowly getting more, because, well, I have to redo all my notes from every campaign, so... <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I'm She's got a problem. Yeah, I have a problem. Um, I, I mean, it's only a problem if you see it that way. I, I don't, so... And then, you know, as you go through, cross stuff out, eliminate what you don't need, um, and don't be afraid to make those decisions. Like, I don't need this. I can combine these two. Like, cut down some of your work if it's getting out of hand. Um, leave stuff a mystery. Don't flush everything out. They just yeah. Sometimes fly by the seat of your pants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we look at my notebook, 
the first pages is when I was working on this. And I have one, two, three. This is the list of gods that were going to be old gods that I stole from other places like Hades and Hecate and Maya and Nyx. But I have three that are just completely crossed out. Um, one is replaced with a god from a whole different setting. Um, real world setting, um, because I wanted that theme for that area where it would be worshipped. Um, I completely changed one a little bit to make it fit the setting better, and I have notes on that. I completely replaced one with a whole nother uh, god. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I wholesale took out gods I intended to include and completely changed others and replaced some others, because... It worked better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just do that. Don't be afraid to do that. You don't have to include everything you ever wanted to include. Yeah. Ever-changing, like we said. Ever-changing. Um, yeah. God creation. God creation is pretty easy. Pantheon creation. Harder. More steps. But it is an ambitious project. Um pretty much all I can say (laughs) at this point. So with that, (laughs) you want to start to do this? (laughs) So yeah, um, we're going to leave the preview listeners here. Sorry. Um, and we're going to move on into the much more detailed, uh, process of creating, uh, look, God creation. She's got notes already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the scribe. Did you know? Hello? <laughs> um, need a plan, yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to develop that plan as we talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's probably not going to get any gods out of this yet. Probably not. Um, but a basic outline yeah. of how to make her pantheon. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, <laughs> and this will provide you guys with a basic panth- pantheon creation outline Provided you're doing something similar to what we're about to do. Yeah. Um, Because there's lots of ways to create pantheons. Yes. From scratch. Or from semi-scratch. So we'll leave the preview listeners now. Yes, but before we do go, if you are interested in any of this, make sure that you, if you have any questions, definitely talk to this guy who's sitting next to me because he's got some great ideas, knows what he's talking about. Uh, it's definitely going to help me out tonight. So, uh, notes for Wandering Alchemist, like we talked about. What's, you want to give them your email again? Um, Twitter. So, you can go to www.thewanderingalchemist.com now, and yes. you can find the blog. Super uh, I have a couple that. world building <laughs> articles up now. I haven't done one in a while. One of them involves gods. Um, and I prattle on about how to be both vague and detailed at the same time. Uh, pretty much all the time. But, I think it's important (laughs) to do that. Um, If you have any questions or want me to write a more specific article or another article, you can let me know. Um, My email address is jcrowley, C-R-O-W-L-E-Y, 31042 at gmail.com. Email me there, and I will probably both answer you and potentially write an article about it or talk about it later. If you're enjoying this Mm -hmm. show or... 
you just want to know more from this episode and s- listen to the example and know more about her campaign. Yeah, you do. <laughs> go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash wandering alchemist and become a patron. Yes. And um, all you have to do is donate a dollar a month. Yeah. The, the minimum amount. And you will get the full episode. And all previous full episodes and all future full episodes provided you are a member. They are get posted to Patreon, Patreon in full for patrons only as a download MP3. It's perfect. Um, so, I mean, we'd appreciate it if you could do it for more than one month, but if you just want the four episodes we have so far, yeah. do it for one month. Uh, you'll get access to the ones that are already out. You can download them and wait till later and get four more a few months down the road, whatever you want to do. And if you have any questions for me or even for Crowley, again, that email is available, but also I'm the Untamed Scribe. You can find me at Untamed Scribe on Twitter, and also my email address is Erin, that's E-R-I-N, dot Ross, R-O-S-S, 88 at gmail.com. And we're here for any questions and any feedback or any anything you really want to talk about. And we're nerds like that. <laughs> if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at 42nd underscore alchemist. Uh, the easiest way to find me is just search The Wandering Alchemist. Yep, pop right up. Um, so this right. is where we leave you. So we leave you preview <laughs> listeners and we 